Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Toronto businessman Gil Abrahami uh, was in Israel at the time of the Hamas attack. And uh, he made his way to Miami from Tel Aviv. Not particularly impressed, I understand, from Gil with the lack of responsiveness by the Canadian embassy in Israel. And we're hearing that a lot from uh, Canadians in Israel, that the the uh, the embassy just wasn't up to snuff. And uh, later on in the show, we'll be talking to Tom Korsky, the executive editor of Black Locks Reporter. And they ran a story the other day from... Uh, well, about our, our foreign affairs minister, Melanie Jolie, who was criticized about the lack of engagement by the Canadian government in Israel, and her response was brilliant. I'm a busy woman. I, I, I don't, I, this is beyond head shaking. Anyway, uh, Gil Abrahami joins us on uh, The Roy Green Show. How are you, Gil? I am well, thank you. How about you, Roy? I, I'm well. I'm asking you because you've been through such a traumatic situation. You've seen your friends and family in Israel. You know the response and the reaction and the concern from your family in Canada. And that weighs heavily on people. I'm sure as the days go by, there'll be moments when uh, when it's extremely difficult for you to uh, to come to terms with. Or am I, am I misunderstanding the situation individually for you? Um, certainly not. I, I'm fortunate now that um, I rebooted myself to Florida, and uh, my wife joined us, or joined me in my home here. And I've had the past really couple of days, especially Sabbath yesterday, decompressed, sort of just soaking some sun and some swimming in the ocean, which I actually found emotionally cleansing. And um, I went to synagogue even yesterday morning, and you know, there's a palpable sense of of hurt and anger, um, which which I still feel. And of course, when you combine that with what you see on news coverage, social media, as more of the horrendous atrocities of these, you know, Hamas, ISIS, Nazis has come out. It's 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 hard. It's hard knowing what I, I'm suffering from jet lag. So I was up at two thirty this morning. So that means it's nine thirty in Israel. So I checked in with dozens of my Israeli people there and just to get updates. And you know, it's fairly calm. Everything's everything's under control. Um, a lawyer friend of mine from Toronto who happens to be in Tel Aviv visiting her son told me that she had to run into the shelters this morning in Tel Aviv, for instance. So, you know, there's still a perceptible danger to the general citizens of Israel. And of course, it goes without saying, Roy, everybody's extremely nervous about the North. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, was actually speaking with the ambassador uh, to Canada, Ambassador Edie Moed. He started our program today. And we also spoke with Vice Admiral Mark Norman, former chief, vice chief of defense staff and commander of the Royal Canadian Navy, about the uh, concerns about a potential escalation in Israel having to fight on three fronts. Uh, Gil, can I don't want to I don't want to increase the stress level, but how how did last Saturday morning begin for you, and when did you become aware, truly aware of the of what was happening? So it's actually really interesting. I make a deal with my wife. I'm a 
Sabbath observing Jew, but when I'm away, especially in Israel, I keep my cell phone on. And that's just to tell her that, you know, Friday night I went to friends for dinner. I went walking back to the old city of Jerusalem. She wants to know I'm home safely, which is fair. Saturday morning, I wake up, I do my usual business. I'm trying to get dressed to go to the synagogue, as everyone knows, not only Sabbath was the end of the holiday. And I hear these sirens. So I open the window. I'm staying in an apartment on King David Street, which is smack dab in the middle of Jerusalem. And I hear the sirens. I flick on my video of the camera, and I record it. After about 40 seconds of sirens, okay, that's enough. About 30 seconds later, you hear the boom, boom, boom. Happened to be a beautiful blue sky that morning. And looking up in the horizon, you would see the smoke of the intercept missiles destroying the incoming rockets. That, I have to tell you, was a little freak. Um, that's starting to hit close to home. That really makes it real. But I wasn't really sure what was going on, but I had already received from some of my Israeli friends, some of them who are Orthodox, who have their phones on, uh, telling me, like, are you safe? Make sure you go to shelters if you hear the sirens. Um, there's a war starting in the south, in Gaza, like a massive, I don't even know what the incursion, if we can call it that. Um, went to synagogue. Um, and again, it's uh, the synagogue that day is, was a sort of meant to be a little lighter of a day. It wasn't as formal as our usually, let's say, Sabbath services are until the, the holiday. And then some security guys came into where we were praying, and they told everybody who's an active soldier, a reservist, you need to go home, get your cell phones, and pack a bag. And a whole bunch of guys go scuttle it out, right? Like, left, it's home. I get back um, a little later, early afternoon, and now my wife has been up, and she starts peppering me with, like, there's a war going on, like, you have to get out of there, like, what are you doing, blah, 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 blah. Um, with no disrespect to my wife, loves me and worries about me. Um, and, you know, they're starting to get images and, you know, news clips and, and social media things, right? Mm -hmm. And the rest of the afternoon, like, we were just glued to the phones trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just horrific. Um, I read a piece earlier today where it was written that they they were sending a message. It wasn't just a, uh, an attack. It wasn't just a terrorist attack. The, the viciousness involved, the kidnapping of, of infants and the just the absolute grotesque brutality. Uh, that was a message that was being sent. And this is not in isolation. I can't imagine it's in isolation. Admiral Norman agreed with that as well. Gil, what, what's... Uh, the impact in Israeli, on Israeli society, I've talked, to, talked about that to a number of people, and we had a mom on the air from uh, Israel yesterday whose daughter almost went to that concert, that outdoor concert where Hamas terrorists massacred hundreds of people. The impact on Israeli society, it touches everyone, right? It's devastating. It doesn't, nobody escapes it. If somebody in your own family hasn't been injured or killed, murdered, or taken hostage, then your neighbor's family or your brother-in-law's family or, you know, somebody you pray with, like it's two degrees of separation at the most, 
I personally know of three injured uh, people, one who's actually, you know, distant related family. Um, and then you know that, you know, people my age, so their children who are in their 30s or their sons-in-laws, sometimes their younger siblings, depending, right? Mm -hmm. People are called up. People are serving. Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine, also originally from Toronto, he has like five of his children or sons-in-laws serving now. Um, a rabbi friend of mine who lives in the old city in Jerusalem, uh, same same also, five of their grandchildren are serving uh, with a couple possible call-ups. Um, there's no escaping it. And whatever message Hamas was sending, um, they've miscalculated. Yeah. What do you make of the uh, the support that's been evident for Hamas in demonstrations in Canada, the United States, international university students, and, and others in France? Um, the president of France has been extremely outspoken about uh, supporting Israel and and forbade any demonstrations in support of Hamas. And, you know, thousands and thousands of people just ignored him. But what is, what is your sense of these demonstrations, Gil? What do they need to know? Um, listen, uh, as a Jew and a proud and strong one, um, I've always understood um, for the course of history, pretty much, that the Jewish blood runs cheap, it's spilt cheap. Um, the world has never understood that, you know, Jews tend to be the canary in the coal mine. Um, and it's not, Hamas isn't just coming after the Jews, or Iran for that matter. The liberal moral equivocation of what Israel does in response to Hamas's atrocities makes me want to puke, to be honest. Um, and then when all kinds of trade unions like Starbucks or University of Toronto or Harvard or newspapers, um, editorials, right, uh, student unions, academic unions, it, 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 it blows my mind that this whole woke pick on Israel, apartheid state, no historic belonging to the land of Israel, um, colonious oppressors, it, 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 I, I don't get it. And they see the same pictures the rest of us do, and I guess it's just the way it's fated to be for whatever reasons. Roy, you've been around a lot longer, you've been covering it a, a lot longer, you've seen things I have in seen a lot things. more places. Yep. I don't know that you can explain it. No. I can't. Do you know, Gil, I, I, I look at these, these images, and I've seen some terrible things in my decades as a journalist. I've seen horrible things that I would never try to describe to anybody because I wouldn't want to put them through it. But I, I, I watch these images. I watch the videos. I look at the pictures of the little kids. I look at the pictures of the little kids who've been taken hostage. I look at the brutality that was that was displayed, and I think to myself, how in the name of 
any reason thinking can you support that kind of action even if you're you know if you're if you're if you're if you're against Israel um, and you're you're challenging Israel's right to 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 exist as a nation how do you do that right after that kind of terror and that kind of violence I cannot get my head around that Gil yeah and I can't give you a better answer because the only thing that comes to mind is that this element just says Israel has it coming. They deserve it. They're occupiers. They're colonists. They're apartheid. These were civilians. These were people just going about their lives. You know what? 85% of the kids killed at that uh, music concert Mm -hmm. were shot back. Because they were trying to get away. Right? Yeah. Um, Parading dead bodies and beheading babies and then uploading it onto social media with, you know, throwing candies at the kids and smiling and the president of Iran giving thanks to Allah and giggling. Like, you know, we know who our enemy is. And that's why the response in Gaza will be the end of Hamas. And there's no choice, right? This is a, I hate saying it, but it's a Holocaust-equivalent moment for the Jewish people, and especially for Israel. And while many are calling this, you know, the Israel-Hamas war, others call it Israel's 9-11, many are calling it Israel's second war of independence. And when it's done, and, you know, the scuttlebutt seems to see it'll last for the rest of the calendar year, um, there will be new facts on the ground in Israel and the Middle East. And I'm 100% positive Israel comes out of it stronger, more unified, and the message will be sent to our enemies around the world, and that's not just Iran, that's everyone you just talked about. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.